Welcome to Writing Challenges with David Morley, Director of the Warwick Writing Programme. So, after all, it was all a dream. Hello and welcome to our next Creative Writing Challenge. It is called Dreaming a Fictional Continuum. In his book On Becoming a Novelist, John Gardner states, Good fiction sets off a vivid and continuous dream in the reader's mind. In the last series of podcasts, I quoted Les Murray, who wrote of the painless headache of writing as an integration of the body-mind and the dreaming-mind and the daylight-conscious mind. All three are firing at once. They're all in concert. Writing fiction may induce this trance of composition and of reading, but technique will maintain it for you and for the reader. As Gardner goes on to say, If the writer understands that stories are first and foremost stories, and that the best stories set off a vivid and continuous dream, he can hardly help becoming interested in technique, since it is mainly bad technique that breaks the continuousness and checks the growth of the fictional dream. Short-term, short-haul pieces of writing do not suit the novelist. A novel is a long haul, and a creative writing workshop will not miraculously generate a whole one. Writing games often make miniatures or set pieces such as character sketches, exercises in style or in point of view. You can't simply stitch together these set pieces to make extended fiction unless you have decided on a brave and probably clunky experiment. A fiction writer depends on something larger. The dream or fantasy of scenes that are true to life or at least carry verisimilitude however fantastic the setting or story. This tone of mind is not really required by poets, except when they are stitching together long poems or thematic collections. It is necessary for the writer of fiction to make this dreaming of scenes a virtual habit for their imagination. One matter that checks that trance or dream is a misunderstanding of plot. Even a professed outsider figure like the novelist Stephen King calls plot the good writer's last resort and the dullard's first choice. Plot is not the story. Plot is a series of events you have devised, and these events may not even occur linearly. I keep saying that writing is an open space. Writing a story creates a four-dimensional landscape in that space. Space and time become one, a continuum. Within that continuum, you must choose one strand of narrative that you intuitively feel will lead you through the landscape. Please notice that you will be led. Isabel Allende believes, It is not I who choose the story. The story chooses me. Writers imagine that they cull stories from the world. I'm beginning to believe that vanity makes them think so, that it's actually the other way round. Stories cull writers from the world. Stories reveal themselves to us. The public narrative, the private narrative, they colonise us. They commission us. They insist on being told. The insistent strand of narrative is your plot, and it will lead you through the maze of narrative possibilities that open, move around, and close behind you in a sequence of discrete but connected scenes. Stephen King playfully argues, I believe that plotting and spontaneity of real creation aren't compatible. 
I won't try to convince you I've never plotted, any more than I'd try to convince you that I've never told a lie. But I do both as infrequently as possible. Some writers prefer not to work this way, despite the illuminations of discovery. Instead, the writer plans their story as if they were teasing out an academic essay or storyboarding a movie, sketching microcosmic plots for each part or chapter of their story. They then know precisely what will happen on the next page, and to whom, and create timelines for these actions. This might suit you as an approach, but it is less likely to engender surprise and inevitability unless your style is sensational. If there is no surprise for you, the writer, then there will be no surprise for the reader either. Your fiction might feel predicted, and thus predictable. If you tie everything neatly, what is the writer's or the reader's role? As you should be cautious of clichés of feeling, or kitsch, in your writing, you should also be aware of clichés of plot. Not that following a traditional plot structure is a bad thing. Gardner nutshells the traditional plot as A central character wants something, goes after it despite opposition, perhaps including his own doubts, and so arrives at a win, lose or draw. Remember, plot is not the story, but an Ariadne's thread you follow through a labyrinth of scenes. The units that light the pathway of the novel in particular are its scenes, the stages on which small dramas unfold. They show the reader one part of the story as a frame or picture, but they do not tell. Scenes are often perceived beforehand by the writer as they dream their way through the story. They are usually a location in which characters are seen and heard at close quarters, and they accomplish some action, which has an outcome directly bearing on the forward movement of the story. Every scene moves some, if not all, of the elements of your story forwards. Each scene leans into that momentum, however gently, revealing to your reader some further revelation of character. As a rule of thumb, the events that are most crucial to the story will be those that lend themselves to be carried by scene. Narrative carries the rest. This week's writing challenge is about retelling the great stories in your own way. We freely adapt stories from our lives and our world, but many stories can be adapted onto ancient templates such as fairy tales, legends, Greek myths and biblical parables. They borrow structure, character, scene, point of view and power from these origins. James Joyce's novel Ulysses, for example, takes Homer's Odyssey as a template. Now... Think about some aspect of your everyday life and personal history and try to match it against a legend or myth that you know about. To begin, take the story of Little Red Riding Hood and retell it so that the events of the tale take place in your time and in a real place known to you. Write this in the form of a short story of about 1,500 words and send it to me. Tune in for the next podcast in which we explore how to create believable characters in fiction. Thank you for listening, and good luck with your own writing. If you would like to comment on anything in this podcast or read new pieces by David, then you can visit his blog at http colon slash slash blogs.warwick.ac.uk slash d. To find out more about the Warwick Writing Programme, visit www.warwick.ac.uk. Writing Challenges was produced by Tom Abbott for the University of Warwick. The music was written and performed by Dylan Owen.